Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right race fans let's get rowdy the next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only and one thing racing from the dirt tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. And I am Rowdy Maglite, and congratulations. It's another Monday morning. We made it through the weekend. Great racing. We had uh, trucks and cup at richmond great race both races we're going to have the winners we'll have the pole winners also xfinity raced over at a beautiful beautiful track up there in wisconsin and it's called road america uh fresh repave beautiful place to see the race was there a couple years back i believe we went to every turning point it, it it reminded me. Somebody said, "Well, kind of, what's it like?" I said, "It reminded me back home when you when you know there's a little creek or a river down there, but you're looking for a trail, and you go down the trail, and somebody's got a recline, not a recliner, but a chair, and relaxing down as they zoom by." We also uh, guys got the winner of that with uh, the pole winner also. And then we're going to talk about the uh, new Xfinity contract. Uh, We've got the press conference for that. But uh, we're going to start off with Ty Majeski. Hey, Ty sat on the – he grabbed the pole, man. And uh, Ty's not done bad this year in trucks. You know, he could do a little better, but, hey, can't we all do a little better? All right, good evening, everyone. We are now joined by Ty Majeski, driver of the number 98 Thor Sport Racing Ford, and tomorrow's pole sitter for the Worldwide Express 250 at Richmond Raceway. Ty, this is the second year in a row you've gotten the pole. Start this race. What is it about this track? Uh, it's a short track, right? Um, had a, a decent amount of success in my career on short tracks, and um, this is a very uh, slick one, doesn't have a lot of grip, so... Uh, this track just takes a lot of discipline to get around, even in qualifying. You're just always lacking grip here, um, whereas other short tracks, you can usually get some grip out of it for uh, a few laps. But this place just take, takes so much discipline. Uh, your initial you know, reaction is to drive it as hard as you can in qualifying, and you can't do that. So uh, as long as you hit a good lap and your truck's decent, you can, you can make up a lot as a driver here, and I feel like this, this sort of fits my, uh, my driving style. All right, we'll open it up for questions. If you have a question for Ty, just raise your hand and we'll get a mic towards you. Start up here in the front. Michael Massey, Front Stretch. Ty, right around this time last year is where you really kind of took off, started leading a bunch of laps, uh, started winning races. Um, What do you guys, do you think you got another run like that in you? Are you guys kind of looking forward to this part of the season? 
Yeah, definitely. I think a combination of a few things. There's a lot of good racetracks for us in this stretch. Obviously, we go, you know, Richmond, uh, then to IRP, and then my one of my, or I guess my most home track on the on the schedule to Milwaukee. So, um, and then Kansas, where we've run really good at, and then we go to Bristol, wild card in Talladega, and then to Homestead, uh, which we won it last year as well. So, it's just a good stretch of races for us, and I, I think throughout the season we've learned things, and I know other teams too or have as well, but um, I, I feel like just this time of the season. Um, is a little bit more spread out. You know, we're you know caught up as a race team, and um, we're all well rested for this stretch coming up here, and uh, we're excited to get going. Go over to Bob. Uh, Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. Is winning the poll a good thing or a bad thing, considering the track will be 20, 30, 40 degrees cooler tomorrow night? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Um, you know, I felt like we fought that a little bit last year, and we came in with a little bit different package this year trying to you know learn what we did as the track transition from day to night last year um we were trying to be better during the race uh but we made big adjustments for qualifying and we're going to go back on those um and hopefully get you know set up for the night we know what we missed last year and we we feel like we built that into our uh our package and uh we're able to you know kind of go back to what set us on the pole last year so we kind of found a setup that allowed us to go both ways and um i feel pretty good about uh how will be as the track transitions tomorrow night? Ty, we'll come over here to your right to Owen. Hey, Ty, Owen Johnson, CupScene.com. How important is it to start up front at a track like Richmond, and how much of an advantage is it? Yeah, you know, this place you can move around at. Um, there's typically not a lot of yellows here uh, just because the track is wide. It's got really low grip, and we're not going very fast. Um, so naturally, you know, everything happens at a slower pace. So there's uh, usually less chaos. I say that, and then we'll have a chaotic race tomorrow night but typically this race goes green uh and it's hard to pass just like anywhere in the truck series it's tough to pass so anytime you can get track position on a racetrack that has a tendency to go green is, a, is an advantage go to holly hi holly kane with the uh, nascar wire service and you this kind of goes into what you just said do you expect it to be more chaotic than usual because it is the regular season finale and some people realize they've got to win to get in and it's still rather tight for that 10th place yeah i, I don't know um it's just so hard to, you know, even get to some – you can get to somebody's bumper here, but it's just everything's so slow-paced. I I don't know. It, it's really hard to say. Um, you know, like I said, this race has had a lot of history of going green. We only had, I think, one natural caution last year. Um, I, I don't know. I don't foresee it getting crazy because it's a cutoff race. Um, you know, I, I think – Guys are going to try and be smart just because this race, like I said, has a tendency to go green. If they do something risky to take themselves out of it, it's hard to recover here cause, just because of the lack of yellow. So I don't know that I really see anybody taking those types of chances. Any final questions for Ty? All right. Thank you, Ty. Good luck tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Ty grabs, grabs it, and we're going to go to a young man, I tell you. Uh, been on the show several times, looking for great things out of, out of Carson Hosevar. Uh, he wins the truck race and really puts on a good show. Carson's, <laughs> and he's a fun guy, fun young man to be around at the racetrack. Uh, and always good to see Ann, his mother, 
Uh, you know, and Carson's a young man. I'm telling you, uh, we've known him when he was 14 racing, and that's uh, he's come a long ways. We are now joined by the winner of tonight's Worldwide Express 250, Carson Hosafar, driver of the number 42 Worldwide Express Chevrolet for Nice Motorsports. Carson, uh, just take us through what was going on down, uh, running down tie there in those last, uh, toward the end of stage three there. Uh, I mean, everybody else around me probably knew a little bit more of the story. I could only see the 98, um, the last few laps. Um, you know, I was just guessing. They, they, they would tell me and keep me as formed as possible, but, you know, I was passing a lot of trucks. I, I could barely hold on to it, but, uh, you know, that was a strategy me and Phil even talked about before the race, and, uh, we thought it would win, but we didn't think we were going to be the ones to to do it by no means. So, um, second he made the call, I I wasn't sure we were going to win um, straight up, and and you know you take the safer bet, and you know it's just a full game of risk, and uh, you know that our our risk was pretty self-explanatory because um, our 42 truck was really fast, and and that much newer tires, it uh, it's never easy by no means, but uh, made my life a lot easier. Awesome. All right, we are going to open it up for questions. If you have a question for Carson or Cody, Ifa, the GM of the team, please raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you. We'll start with Davey in the back. Davey Siegel with Sirius XM. So after the lightning delay, we were walking in. You said that you're not good in night races. You're not good at Richmond. What changed? What happened? Was it you? Was it the truck? Take me through what, what was different tonight. Uh, it was definitely the truck uh, by, by a lot. I mean, Phil... Worked really hard at this. We we've worked on this since since the fall, really, uh, of, of last year. You know, the second we left, we we were circling this racetrack. Um, you know, this was a playoff race of the first one, and I hated it was. Uh, I wish it was now, um, but I mean, we worked in the off season on this track in the sim. Um, you know, we worked on this track. Um, you know, we felt like if we could get good here, um, it would help our short track package. You know, all the way across the board, we were fast. Faster at Martinsville, still need to work on that a little bit, or I need to work on it. But North Wilkesboro, we were really fast. Um, we were faster here. I, I've, I've seen a stat. We were the second fastest on average lap time of all short tracks. So um, you know, feel good about going to IRP, especially next week. You were living it up with the fans on the front stretch after you let your truck on fire, did a burnout. It seemed like this one meant a little bit more to you. Was that the case? I mean, they all they all mean a lot, and, and the fact that – it was this place. I, it, it means so much more. Um, you know, a place. I mean, you're 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 supposed to grow. Like, yeah, you're supposed to suck and struggle at times. But if you can come back a lot better, you did your job. You know, if you suck twice, you know, you're not doing your job at all. So, um, I went to work, but I mean, I have to have a good piece under me. And um, I don't even think I was as good um, as I could have been. And I thought our truck was really, really strong. So fact we could do this and pull it off and especially considering it's it's the title race for the people that allow this whole company to keep the doors on open and the lights on and allow me to just put a race suit on is is super special and we didn't get to hand it away to another team or another manufacturer like last year we'll come over here to your right carson uh, adam cheek front stretch carson i remember i talked to you i think before talladega last year and you told me that when you're celebrating they wouldn't be able to pull you off the front stretch uh, and you know you did the burnout. You set your truck on fire. You went into the sand. So is that just all part of not taking these things for granted? Your level of celebration because it doesn't seem to have waned at all. No, I mean I have so much fun. I'd still be out there if they didn't tell me I have to go and pull and drag me basically. 
Um, you know, I even went in the flag stand. Um, I mean, that was the coolest moment for me. I got to look down at everybody and, um, uh, I mean, started chanting my, my name, like I won the Indy 500 or I won something super special. I mean, it, same time it's just a truck win, but it, it means so much to me. Um, you know, each and every one I, I've lost a lot more than I've ever won. And, um, you, you never know when the last one's going to come. You never know when everybody else is going to get better or you're going to struggle at times. And, um, yeah, I want to, I want to live it up and, and show how much it means. Well, and you went a couple years without winning. And so how does this stack up with the other two wins and what does this do for you with the playoffs around the corner? I mean, I, I think this one means a lot. Um, I mean, this is really, really high. Um, this is a track, like I said, we struggled at. So to go from one extreme to the other extreme is, is super big. And, and I think Phil Gould is super, super talented at everything he does. And I'm finally glad I get to show how good he is and um, how good Cody is at managing a whole company and managing people. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to finally, um, you know, just – those two years and all those struggles and all those races and all those mistakes and all those immature moments are have, have led to a year like this. Cool. We'll go right over here to Owen. Hey, Carson, Owen Johnson, CupScene.com. How much momentum does winning right now give you going into the postseason? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I. I think a lot, obvi- obviously, but uh, at the same time, um, I don't. I don't know. I think every race is its own. Um, you know, we could show up and struggle. So, um, you know, we can't go into the next one thinking we're just going to win because we won this one. Um, or at least I'm not. Uh, I'm looking at it like I didn't win the race last year and I ran okay. And um, like I, I felt like I needed to work on myself even at RP a little bit. And um, I, I looked at that track like we can get a lot better because I know a lot of people are going to get better. And it was the first time they went in a long time and everybody's going to you know have the same notes and everybody else has gotten better. We'll go to Seth and then Jordan. Seth Egger, kickingtires.net. Uh, Carson, you mentioned you went up into the flag stand. Where did that idea come from? Uh, I thought of it last week. Uh, I was like, man, nobody's going. I was like, I need to think of something different um, and have my own little thing. And I was like, man, I'm tall. I'll just go up in the flag stand and look at everybody. And uh, I was like, man, I need. I, I talked about it three days ago. I was like, man, I need to win, win so I could just do that. And sure enough, I, all I have to do is just think of something cool, and I'll, I'll, I'll be able to win a race. <laughs> And you mentioned your past struggles and a little bit of immaturity that you've had in the past. Is this a little bit of a statement win, uh, considering how you got the win? I uh, I hope so. I mean, you can wipe away all the good karma you have in one moment, and it takes a long time to build the good karma back and the respect back. So um, I don't think we touched the truck all night, and um we passed all of them. We started last. Um, you know, we had a flat tire from the second we came off pit road. So, um, I mean, we didn't touch a single fender. And, and the mo- most damage I got was when I was burning it down. Go to Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. What, what, there's a lot of conversation about you over the last years and the maturity and growth and everything. From your perspective, what's that been like and, and kind of the step, feel the steps you've taken to kind of reach that plateau? I mean that's a that's I mean that's a bit of a loaded question. I don't think it was done overnight, but I don't know when exactly that light switch flipped. Um, but it's it's been an ongoing process, right? And it hasn't even started at the beginning of the year. It was part of the way through the year, and um, it was a complete 180 for the last few months. And, and it's it's been a lot more enjoyable. Life's been more enjoyable on the racetrack's been more enjoyable. I feel like the people around me don't hate me as much. Um, 
like it's 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 just been a lot more fun um and i it's weird the second i, I stopped being so emotional and, and trying so hard to win races we finally start winning so um once i i stopped trying to take it all and finally just was able to relax and let races come to me and just work um yes like i said like if you're not good that day you can be good the next one but if you're so worried about being good that day and, and overextend and tear stuff up and um you're too busy repairing yourself and fixing and making phone calls and apologizing and having the world hate you and then just going figuring out how to go faster cody you're shaking your head a lot as he's talking got me there yeah i mean i've been with him really since he came to nice and there's been a lot of growth uh, i felt like last year maybe it was one step forward and two back and this year i feel like it's two steps forward maybe one back here and there um you know last weekend he took some criticism at pocono i feel like it was a racing incident i think he kind of gets put in that ross category where it's his fault if he gets near somebody right so on the growth side i mean he's grown a lot I mean, he's taken stuff on the chin and, and admitted fault this year and, and grown up. And he's slowed down, like he just said, and it's allowed him to grow more and to see it all come together. And you know, this off season, I was a big critic and hard on him and pushed on him. And, and to see him do this is, is awesome. I'm, I'm so happy for him and Amy and Scott. They, they, they got a great kid and he has a ton of talent. And I'm just glad he races for Nice Motorsports. And then Carson, as you look ahead to you know next year, where would you ideally like to be? I mean, do you feel like you're ready for the Cup Series? Do you, oh, you want to go to the You're loading me up there. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I want to win a championship. That's what I got. Um, you know, I have people in my corner that are going to tell me, and you know, there's just there's money and everything involved, and I want to win a championship, and that's what I'm focused on. And there's a reason I have I have people in my corner because they can worry about that, and they could just just tell me what what they got or what they think, and um, in the meantime, I'm going to continue to win races and race like I, I don't have a job, and this is the only priority I got right now. Do you feel like you're ready for the Cup Series, though? I mean, you you got to dabble in a little bit, so. I don't know if you're ever ready um, for something like that, but um, I, I would prepare if I had the opportunity like I would be. Any final questions? No? Carson Cody, congratulations. Thank you. Man, Carson, it's unbelievable that he's already raced one racing cup. Uh, congratulations to Carson and his family. They've worked hard. Uh, started in quarter midgets, you know, and they have wor <clears throat> worked their way up. I'll wait to one racing cup. And uh, I, I'm like Carson, don't worry. Don't sweat the big stuff yet. Let's just get the championship and uh go from there so we're gonna move on to xfinity guys uh, xfinity raced at road america I, I don't really understand why cup left road america but at least uh xfinity's there and uh it's a beautiful track and they just done a repave so you know that means a lot too some of the drivers most drivers don't like repave but anyway, let's, uh, AJ grabbed, grabbed front row. Let's uh, hear what AJ said yeah. to talk about. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started with our post-qualifying media availability oh, we here got at oh. Road America. <laughs> oh, 
We are now joined by our pole winner, AJ Allmendinger, driver of the number 10 College Racing Chevrolet. Um, AJ, if you would, just please take us through your lap out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, with the repave, definitely a different racetrack, just trying to get the car set up for it. Um, you know, coming into the, the weekend, we were kind of just trying to make our, our best guesstimate of, of what we needed. Um, you know, talked to Mike Shank a bit about their IndyCar weekend, uh, Scotty McLaughlin just a little bit about kind of what they thought about it. So from there, just trying to make our best guess on, you know, what we really need to do with the race car, knowing that, you know, the racetrack had potential of, of having more speed in it. So um, I think just through practice, we were just trying to, to make the car better. It was never really comfortable, and, and I thought the first round of qualifying, uh, we, we made it better. But, you know, seeing Justin's lap with, with what he run, and, and I knew Cole was really quick. Um, felt like I was going to have to kind of put it together the, the second round to even really have a chance at it. And honestly, I kind of come on, came through 13, and when I crossed the line, I just thought to myself, I was like, that was about all I had. That was about as smooth of, of a lap that I could have put around the racetrack. Um, we improved the race car. It's, it's better, but I think we need to, to kind of keep making it better. It's, long run speed is still probably not quite there, but um, just really proud of all the men and women at Call Racing for – bringing fast race cars and and um as from the start of practice where we we're at just kind of improving to to get this pole all right if you have a question for aj please raise your hand get a microphone to you what can shank and mclaughlin and those guys what can they tell you that sort of translates are we talking about trends or it just it was and you know i watched the IndyCar race and you could see there was more speed once the track got worn in um so just kind of trends of, of setup direction that they went. Obviously, these cars are, are completely different than in any car, but I think you can still figure out trends, and then it's from there guessing on, okay, what, you know, how much do we go in that direction? And, you know, it, it, it helped because kind of what they said was, was very true of it, and then it was just trying to manage, okay, like these cars are a lot different how much they rolled, obviously, compared to an Indy car. So you're just trying to get the – Get it in that in that that right little box of of what makes grip, but still makes the car kind of not roll over too much or not be too stiff. So, um, but yeah, it was definitely help talking to them because it 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 was the right direction of of what they told us. A lot of guys were talking about if you get off that absolute thin fine line, you're somewhere between really slow or screwed. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, I mean, to me, it felt like the track, you, even if you kind of missed the apex at most of the corners, it still had some grip in it. Uh, to be quite honest, shocking is how rough the curbs are now. And I don't know if the track is so smooth now. Now the curbs just feel violent. Uh, but, you know, the, the the curbs have always been a little sensitive with these cars, but it seems like... It, I don't know if it's as you hit the curb, it upsets it, and then that kind of jolts it through the tire. And then with this pavement, like the, the tire's always on that edge of grip anyway. But yeah, I mean the curbs are are way rougher than in the past couple of years here, or at least how it reacts makes your car react. Um, so I think that to me is the most shocking. Yeah, I saw that video. Our car still skims over the top of that, so we're okay with that. AJ, this race has been won from the first starting position three times out of 13 races. How important is it to start from the pole? Well, I think it's uh, with the way the the strategy of the race is now with no real live pit stops. You know, if you if you pit 
you don't lose any spots of the guys that pit with you. Um, I don't know if tire wear is going to be – I mean, it's definitely not going to be as big of a deal as, as in the past where you could still – if you got off the wrong strategy on tires, you paid the price, or if you kind of chose the right strategy, it made up maybe in deficiencies of, of where you were at. So starting up front and staying up front, not making any mistakes, uh, I think is going to be ultra important just because you don't have the strategy now of, of, you know, say pitting before the end of a stage or something like that to really make a difference. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's when when the race is kind of more straightforward, it's important to be up front because I, I do think it's going to be hard to pass, honestly. It's there's enough speed and these cars get in such dirty air that, you know, it's even when I caught somebody, I got behind them and, and it kind of got the car loose and, and things like that. So yeah, just not making any mistakes and staying up front is going to be ultra important. Do we have any additional questions for you? Also in terms of what's important, I mean, guys were throwing up a lot of junk on the track today. Is that a concern tomorrow that you're just going to be in a dust cloud and there's going to be stuff all over to slide on? Hopefully, if we're in the lead, we don't have to worry about the dust cloud. We'll just have to worry about the remnants of it once we get back around. But, yeah, it was there was a, a couple of laps where I thought we repaved again. It was just brown because like the, the dirt was caked on the racetrack. And I, I don't know if it's because of the rubber or what, but, like, it's stuck to the racetrack now. It's not like you just drive through it and the dust flies. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be important to, you know, if, it happens in front of your spotters for your spotters to really let you know, like, hey, turn five, turn, you know, or the kink. There's a, there's a lot of dirt um, because you're carrying a decent amount of speed. So if you make a mis- like if you hit that in in certain parts of the racetrack, it's you're going for a ride. So yeah, it's that's going to be a big deal as well. All right, AJ, congratulations and good luck tomorrow. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, AJ, Palmer Dinger. Uh, Racing Cup also. Went and climbed back in the Cup car on Sunday. But the real surprise guy, first time winner this year. Uh, we had him on the show several times. Maybe it took him a little while to get get to, to victory lane. I mean, it has, but uh, he's had a lot of bad luck. You know how that goes, guys. But uh, Sam Mayer, congratulations to Sam. All right, we are now joined by today's NASCAR Xfinity Series race winner here at Road America, Sam Mayer, driver of the number one junior motorsports Chevrolet. Sam, your first NASCAR Xfinity Series win comes here at your home track. Uh, If you would just start by walking us through the race and uh, just the emotions you're feeling right now. Yeah, I mean, this is super special, obviously, being at home. Moving away to North Carolina a couple years ago to pursue this full time and Winning all the way back home is super special. So, I mean, I'm super thankful for all the Junior Motorsports Accelerate guys that work their tails off. And this is special for more than just me. This is special for all of them because because this proves that we can do it and we can run for a championship. And we just gotta we just gotta put races together coming up in the future like we did today. And um, I mean, I had confidence the whole time. I was thinking like I was like, man, if I can win this one. Um, th- I can win just about anything. So I, I'm super proud of myself and of my team and everyone involved to make this happen because this uh, this got the monkey off our back, I think, for sure. Well, congratulations. We're going to go to questions from the media now for you. If you have a question, please raise your hand. I will get a microphone to you. Hey, Sam. Do you have any idea what happened on that last lap? Are you going to have to watch it on video to kind of go through it in your head and 
like your emotions and all that of the last uh, that I'm yeah sorry, second last line. Yeah, I mean like the the after we took the green, obviously I knew that 24 was going to be super aggressive because uh, obviously he's not full time. He's uh, going coming here for trophies, uh, same as the 10. So I knew that I knew the plan for him was going to be to do exactly what he did, and uh, I knew the door was going to be open at some point. I just didn't know when, and it opened up in a really interesting spot in turn seven, and uh, I'm super proud of Justin for staying in the game as much as he did because he I mean he hauled the mail today he was he was definitely the best car in the field I think he uh set the pace for all of us and uh at the organization we were definitely leaning on him uh throughout the day um as the crew chiefs and all that trying to make our cars better and obviously at the end we were really really good and uh those last couple laps that last the second last lap especially um was definitely hectic going back and forth and back and forth and ending on top, thank God. Let me follow that up. I mean, are you thinking when you're down in 12, okay, I got the second, great, another second, but that's that's a really good day. And then you see Sage not take 13. What is, <laughs> tell me what you kind of went through there. Yeah, honestly, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I know the door opened up. Obviously, the 48 took advantage of that, and then I took advantage of the 48. Um, that's really what you got to do. I mean, we're all like the, literally the top four or five cars at that point. We're all racing for their first Xfinity win, and I I knew that everyone in the in their right mind was gonna do whatever they could to get it, and uh, I was the first one to be able to take advantage of that and obviously lead the entire last lap. You said you were confident all along and thought if you can win this one, you can win anywhere. What? caused that mindset why did you think if this is if this is a if this race you win that you could move forward and win a bunch more yeah i i don't know i think it's just a good omen maybe um but like at one point halfway through the race i was like man if i can really do this like with the cup drivers in the field or whatever uh even though we're so far away from richmond like if we can do this and put a full race together today um I would be overcoming a lot because the double zero was really, really good. The seven was really good. The 10, all things considered, he had a really good car and he was, he's obviously really good. He's proved that. And I was like, if I can, if I can win and beat all these guys today with maybe not the best car in the field, but definitely a good car, um, I would be super happy with that. And I didn't think it was actually going to happen, but I just had that deep down confidence that it was. Jared Haas with FrenchStretch.com. During the cooldown lap, just uh, teammate Justin Allgaier made contact. Did that take you by surprise on that? And what's your thoughts with Allgaier just having one slip away? Yeah, I mean it's it sucks for him because he got he was on the losing end of the carnage on the last lap pretty much, and um, it wasn't anything of my doing. I just uh, I just did what I had to, and uh, he was obviously. Uh, giving a big congratulations because the first one's a big one, and I'm gonna enjoy the crap out of it, especially, especially being here. Um, but yeah, it's just having Josh give me a thumbs up and Justin and everyone around me, even competitors that I normally probably want to hear from, uh, give me a thumbs up. It, it's super cool to be able to see that the sports come together and congratulate congratulate a win like that. Steve McGarry, Associated Press. Just, I know you you grew up about an hour from here. Just with your history on this track, how often would you come here growing up, and what does it mean to get your first win here? Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's like I moved to North Carolina a couple of years ago to pursue this full-time, and it took coming all the way back here to win one. <laughs> it's, super, it's super cool to have that happen, obviously. 
uh, the fans and everyone in the stands and in Victory Lane. They they were congratulating me nonstop, chanting my name, like stuff like that. Is just you don't see that very often, and have that happen uh, today at at home, it it almost leaves you speechless. Any additional questions for Sam? You were here in a different victory lane many years ago. What do you remember about being there with your dad? Yeah, I mean, I um I got to sign the locker again uh, behind victory lane. So um, I got to sign it in 2021, and my name was still there, and I got to sign right next to it here in 2023. So um, it's super cool to be able to cap it off because when I won here in 2021, it was after a horrible Xfinity race that I put together. Got wrecked about halfway through, didn't have a good day, like I didn't learn anything, so we kind of came back the next year and was just trying to keep up. Uh, and then finally being able to learn last year and coming back this year and being able to put a full race together and uh, put in victory lane is, is definitely really special. I mean, I thought, like thinking all the scenarios in my head, like, oh man, I would do this, I would do that. Um, and then it's actually being in front of you, you're like, oh, crap, what was I going to do? Um, but it, it's really cool to be able to pull it off and, and have it be almost a stress-free, stress-free last lap, just trying to put a full lap together. Yeah, yeah, all the way back then. I was, and I don't think I was conscious yet at that point. I was still, like, in my autopilot mode. Um, but, yeah, it was super cool to be a part of that, and then obviously all the way to now to be um, the better mayor. Ooh. No, you won't. <laughs> All right, Sam, thanks for coming in, and congratulations again on your first NASCAR Xfinity Series win here at your home track at Road America. Thank you, thank you. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Hey, we'll be in the fan zone all weekend. So make sure you stop by and uh, see us. Uh, Rooms are going to be down a little bit. So uh, it's going to be an absolutely wonderful weekend. Uh, I'll be there again, like I said. Uh, Getting this season closed out, guys. We're rushing through it here. We are rushing through it. So, uh, Tyler Reddick sits on the pole over in Richmond. We're jumping back over to Richmond from uh, Road America, guys. We're back at Richmond, and uh, we've got Tyler here. If I can have your attention here in the media center, we are joined by our Bushlight Pull Award winner for Sunday's Cookout 400 here at Richmond Raceway. Tyler Reddick, driver, the number 45 Xfinity 10G with a design inspired by West Coast Customs. Uh, walk us through that qualifying lap. It looked uh, just hot out there, but you were able to make the most of that race car. Yeah, you know, I think the real uh, turning point 
uh, for for me is you know on on lap one, and I, I forget like I was almost acting like I only had one lap in that first round, even though I had two. But uh, yeah, I knew that that lap was gonna be really close, and kind of got out of shape coming out of turn four, and just. I pretty much knew I was going to hit the wall, but I knew if I lifted, I wasn't going to make the the second round with that first lap. So just stayed in it, hit the wall pretty good, but um, was able to transfer into the second round with that first first lap, save a lap on those tires. And um, certainly we didn't have the recovery time that the group A did to um, cool the tires off, but uh, running just that one lap set us up pretty well for round two. And um, I think a lot of drivers and teams um, were not, initially expecting the pace fall off to be that much and so obviously we were able to observe that and kind of have an idea what we need to run for a lap time for round two and it just worked out really really well so really excited to be uh on the pole for the first time this year um, especially with 2311 we've been really strong when we've had the opportunity to qualify this year and uh, it's nice to finally get that first bolt to team and uh just to top it off even more than that you know um the west coast customs uh toyota camry is getting built outside the racetrack and um, it's going to be at the front of the field tomorrow. I'm going to make some laps in it tomorrow as well. And um, our race car is going to be right up there next to it. So that's, that's also really cool. Synergy there. If you have questions for Tyler, raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We're going to start here with Bob and work our way around. Uh, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. I assume that the car felt fine and that there was not enough damage that would make you go to the rear. We'll see. I mean, you, you hope not, right? But, um, yeah, we'll look it over, and if there's anything super concerning, then, you know, unfortunately we will have to address that. But um, we'll, we'll just see as it goes. I'll find out more shortly. Additional questions for Tyler? We'll go to Nate, then to Lee. Uh, Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. Tyler, uh, no wins for Toyota in the first five races, but now Toyota's won, I think, seven of the past 16. Um, does it feel that way from where you're sitting, does it feel like the the manufacturer as a whole has sort of made a, a gain here where you guys are good almost every track you go to now? Or? I mean, I feel like we've been really strong since since the year started. Um, you know, Martin won the Clash to begin the year. Um, I know that's very different than most races we do, but, you know, in that in those first five races, it was more of a matter of, and we, and we all talked about it as a group, the Toyota drivers, that we just, we have the speed, but we were kind of giving away these races and these opportunities. So we just, all of us have done a better job of, of executing and closing out and getting those wins. I guess us specifically, we haven't right since Coda, but um, we've had good speed and we've been pretty consistent on that front. So um, they're just we're just finding our way to victory lane more often, and um, it's definitely really good to see. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com. Sorry I missed you in here earlier, but I wanted to ask you, you're the defending winner at Indy. You won from the pole. Um, what are your thoughts going back there and what might be the last time that we've run the Grand Prix course? Hmm. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely not, uh, you know, I wouldn't be so certain that it is the last time we raced there on the, on the road course. Um, this, this car really does well on multi-groove racetracks and there's really only one and a half lanes around the Indy Oval and this car really struggles in direct turbulent air, so... Until that really gets solved, I would not it really, and maybe we try it right, but, but it's certainly the better racing will remain on the road course until uh, we, we find a way to be able to allow these cars to really not lose a lot of downforce directly behind one another. You know, we go to Fontana, we go to Charlotte, we go to a lot of these racetracks where you can really spread out, you have really good racing, and at Indy, it's, it's just really not possible with, with the layout of the oval. So we'll see what happens. 
And looking at turn one, there's been talk in the driver's console about changing, you know, how treacherous it is entering that turn. What are your thoughts on that? And, and you know, other than changing the restart zone, what do you, you know, what do you think can be done so it's not a big funnel going into that turn? Yeah, I think the things that, that uh, you know, I don't, I don't know where what where it's at, but I wouldn't be surprised if what we did at Chicago, um, you know, is is what we kind of try to do to help Indy. Um, certainly worked really well at Chicago. Obviously, though, the conditions and everything kind of lend its hand to um, not being super chaotic. But certainly, you know, with single fall restarts because of the track conditions, it was really hard to gauge how well I guess you know um, that move to restart zone really really helped the racing. I guess the Xfinity cars. Their, their track was dry for a good bit, and it certainly allowed others to battle for position in the turn one, but they weren't just stacked on top of each other. We'll go to your right here to Owen. Hey, Tyler. Owen Johnson, com. How important do you think it is to start up front at a track like Richmond? Do you expect it to be easy to, or hard to pass them tomorrow? I think once the run gets going, it's going to be more difficult, but, but certainly a place like this where it um, becomes very frustrating very quick uh, when you have to pass the same couple of cars uh, frequently throughout the race. Um, so having that number one pit stall where we have the opportunity with, with solid pit stops to leapfrog other cars that we've, uh, we will be racing around all day tomorrow, I think is a huge, good opportunity for us. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily hard to pass, but certainly when, um, you pass or have been passed by a car a number of times, you know, you start to show your, your, your hand, if you will, your tendencies. So, you know, um, people will figure out what you're doing, but I'd say it's of the tracks we go to, it's, it's an easier one for sure because, because of how great the tire fall off really is here do we have additional questions for tyler okay tyler there are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left well not just any track we're basically gonna have to win daytona a last chance to keep playoff hopes alive one point to the good and for fans to experience an event unlike any other NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. The 25th and 26th, guys. If you're in the infill, you've got to go by Red 38. If you go from tunnel to tunnel, there's a tunnel at each end of the track. If you go through tunnel, the one tunnel, and you're headed to the outside, the opposite tunnel, you're going to meet Red 38. They're tailgating under a big tent. Great place to stop. Bill's on the show. He'll be on maybe a couple of times before uh, we before we get there. Uh, usually a couple of weeks in, he comes on and. Talks about some of the people and and guys, gals. These are people that come back race after race to hang out and, and meet and be with their friends. They got the bag tiles out front, and uh, it's just a great place to sit around, hang around, and uh, be with your friends. It's right across from where those <clears throat> excuse me the bathrooms and caddy counter to the shower house in the middle. From one tunnel to the next tunnel, you pass it. It's on the opposite side. Bill's on the red. It's red 38. And it's spot 38, something like that, uh, right down through the fence, I think. But you can't miss it. 
Big white tent. Can't miss it. Look towards, it's on the Lake Logan side, not facing. It is facing, but the roadside is on like back-to-back uh, fences that divide the two properties and RVs are, are right there. But, guys, a completely shocker yesterday, uh, but not really. Uh, Chris Busher and brings it home. Uh, we're going to hear from Chris here in the deadline room. All right, everyone, we are now joined by today's winner of the Cookout 400 at Richmond Raceway, Chris Busher, driver of the number 17, Fast and All Ford for RFK Racing. Chris, I guess I just got to ask what was going through your head when the caution came out there in the final 10 laps. Yeah, that was um, uh, I, I, inevitable. Uh, we knew it was coming. Uh, I knew when we started that run, and it was winding down the laps from 60 to 40 to 20 to 15. I, I knew it was coming, so... Uh, mentally was prepared for it, and uh, when it did come out there close to the end, uh, you know, knew we were going to be kind of looking at—I uh, don't think it was a green-white checker, but but pretty close to it, right? So um, it's hard from from inside to have a good idea what's going on all around the track. But um, yeah, mentally we were, we were prepared for it, and, and I also knew that our fast Mustang fired off so good uh, that I really wasn't worried about it either. Uh, our our uh, takeoff speed was so good today, uh, from green flag stops to restarts. Uh, we were always moving forward. Uh, just a, a really fast race car that basically made it made me feel like no matter what the the, the uh, circumstances there towards the end, we were going to be in really good shape. All right, we'll open up to questions. If you have a question, just raise your hand. We'll start with Kelly, and then we'll go to Jordan, and then over the left. CrandallRacer.com. Chris, do you remember what you said to us after finishing third here in this race a year ago? I do not know. Probably said third sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you um, you had said that you know it wasn't that long ago you wanted to fill this place with water or cover it with dirt or just get rid of it. So yeah. to now come back and, <laughs> and win this race, I mean, does it seem a little bit unbelievable how quickly things have turned here for this team? Yeah, um, in, in a way. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I do remember that. I didn't know that's the quote you were referring to because I, I feel like I'm going to get uh, some some bad looks when I say that, but. Um, you know, this uh, this racetrack where I made my first NASCAR start, filling in for uh, for T Bain here back in 2011. Uh, that one went okay, and uh, and then since then I, I've I've struggled here through the years, and um, I've really fought to kind of find uh, kind of find our way. Uh, and, and so I just felt like um, it, it's taken taken a long time to uh, get my legs up underneath me here, which is surprising because I feel like it's a track that I, I want to like and have always tried to enjoy and uh, it seems like it just sweeps your legs out every time we come here after uh, after the first stage and you're sitting there wondering what happened. So um, what I will say is RFK has made some, some massive leaps and uh, we've been in a good spot the last 18 months and even I look at you know the fall race was a huge turnaround for us here last year but, but even the spring race was good for us. Uh, we didn't get the result that that we should have, but we were very competitive at times during that race. So, um, you know, it, it it I won't sit here and say Richmond is my favorite track right now because it doesn't turn around quite that quick. Um, you know, we laughed a, a lot growing up. We we won a bunch of races at Toledo, Ohio, Arca Racing, and uh, and it still wasn't my favorite racetrack. So, uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit more yet, but I, I have surely come a long way here, and uh, I'm definitely not trying to uh, to sink it in the Atlantic. So. Uh, you know, big progress, and, uh, and and you know, I, I think as drivers, we like places that we run well at, and it surely helps. Um, it's part of the reason why 
I enjoy road racing or, or super speedway racing at times, short track racing. Um, you know, Bristol has been my favorite track for a long time, and I've always been able to run good there, whereas this one's taken a, a little bit more work. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm moving on up. I'm not quite there trying to uh, to tear down at this point. Um, and now I'm, I'm sitting here thinking this is, a, this is a place that we have great opportunity at, and, and thought that in the spring. Uh, so it really is amazing how uh, just a, a very short period of time can really change your opinion on a place. And I wanted to ask about Scott. You two, of course, had success in the Xfinity Series, came back together just a couple of years ago on this 17-team program. As much as you're enjoying now how your cup career is going, um, how much do you also have that sense of satisfaction to do it with Scott, who's had a very up-and-down career as a crew chief in the Cup Series? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, we think uh, if you go back to 2015, uh, we won our championship in the in the Fastenal Mustang back then on the Xfinity side, and we left Homestead and um, pretty much uh, got back, uh, got to the banquet, and, and pretty much we all knew as a team that, that we didn't have any, any plans going forward that um, nobody knew where they were going to end up, and um, you know it wasn't uh, uh, it wasn't a good place for anybody, and it really took away some of the um, the celebration that you wanted to enjoy. Uh, you know, when when you're sitting there knowing that everybody's got to got to figure out what they're going to do for work the next year, and so uh, to be able to to reunite with uh, with Scott on top of the box, and to be able to have that success, um, to have Mike Herman Jr. on, on the spotter stand again, um, like we did back then as well, and uh, kind of picking up where uh where we left off several years back now uh you know that gives you a good sense of satisfaction is we're all able to work together and uh and start to recreate some of the, the successes from back then so um you know it's surely surely a big win this time uh knowing that that this gives us a, a playoff eligibility um you know the, the bristol win the night race last year top of my bucket list and um and ecstatic to win that race uh, the thing it was missing was uh, the fact that we weren't in the playoffs at that time. So uh, now we get to go win another Bristol race, and that'll send us into the next round. And then uh, that that just gives us a whole extra level of confidence going uh, going into um, you know these last 15 races on the season. So uh, pretty awesome, um, pretty pretty solid day here. That was just um, something we've talked about at RFK as as an organization. Is uh, you know we've been very competitive at a lot of different styles of racetracks. Uh, we've been, you know, capable of running fifth, and uh, you know, not uh, capable of fighting for wins at, at as many as we had hoped. And we've been close at it several, and um, you know, and, and both our cars have had speed at, at different styles. So, uh, you know, it surely uh, know that we've been close, but we knew it was going to take a strong execution, and um, you know, good pit stops, good strategy. Uh, you know, good decision on the racetrack, and we were able to put all that together today, as well as having a really fast Ford Mustang to uh, to go along with it. So, um, it's amazing how uh, how much easier my job gets when when we're able to bring these fast race cars to the racetrack. And um, just so proud of everybody at RFK for what we've been able to turn around and, and accomplish. And um, and really excited to see what's uh, what's in store for us over the next several months. Go to Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, the athletic. Do you like races like this with long stretches of green flag racing and you know, not a lot of cautions and, and the field is strung out? Uh, definitely have times where I do. Um, when you're having a bad day, all you want is a caution. So um, I've been on that side of it at this very racetrack. And, uh, you know, it also on the flip side, like a race like today, um, you know, especially when it's hot and you know that it's um, it's getting to some drivers and, and they're having to uh, to fight 
internal battles as well. Um, I love that. I love that opportunity for us to uh, to know that you know you trained for this, you worked hard to to be ready for these hot races and these long stretches, and, and that uh, you're in as good a place as, as anybody. And um, you know when you have a fast race car, and we know that we can see things play out uh, when we you know, fire off into some of these runs, and, and you know everybody on the on the on the box has a strategy picked out and, and that we're committing to. Uh, we get to see that play out, um, you know, not get uh, get something to, to really throw off half the field, um, you know, similar to uh, like Atlanta when the caution just comes at the wrong time and, and you know, haven't been able to quite cycle everything out. Uh, that's that's very frustrating. So, yes, it, in a lot of ways, I like to see everything be able to play out and, and take into account all the different aspects of our sport and, and see everything play out in a way that, um, you know, everybody gets to see – their part in it come uh, come around and see how how their decisions impacted the day and, and how that got us to victory lane you were effectively in the playoffs before today i mean things that i had to go completely sideways for you and, and some other things that have happened but now you're in and has that really kind of sunk in that you're in the playoffs and, and what does that mean uh it means we don't have to talk about points anymore and i love that so i've uh, i've been fairly vocal for, for myself especially um not one to uh to shout, but um, I, I hate points racing. I've always hated points racing, and I didn't want us to get in that trap that the 17 team was points racing as we've we've been heading towards the the cutoff for the playoffs. And um, you know, I, I've said that consistently, and we've talked about that as a team. That um, obviously it has to be in the back of our minds because you know we are in a good spot in points. We've worked hard to have that consistency, but we're not um, we're not indestructible where we were at. Um, and that a win would would take care of everything, and, and that's our sport. Winning fixes everything, and it uh, fixes the points talk. It, it fixes morale. It fixes uh, bad weekends before. Everything can uh, can be changed by by winning. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, that's um, it, it's awesome that we are in the playoffs. Um, you know, that was part of uh, part of our goal at the beginning of the season. As RFK, we we talked about winning races. Uh, making the playoffs and, and being able to be a contender in the playoffs. You know, we we don't want to be a placeholder by any means either. And uh, when I look at the the races that we have in the first uh, uh, first half of the playoffs, especially, um, I, I feel really confident that, that we can we can be a contender and we can move forward. Chris, we're going to go over to your left, and then we'll go to Adam over here. All right, Chris Powell, Couch Coach Live. Chris, congratulations on the win tonight. Thank and you. Uh, so obviously, um, you are in the playoffs. Um, so what is pretty much the strategy in these final four races leading up to the playoffs? I know you talked about confidence. What have you? So any other strategies in these next four weeks um, getting geared up for the playoffs? Yeah, what is going to help the most is Daytona. Um, you know, we, we've uh, I've been in the situation we go to Daytona and you've had to circle it as this is our last ditch effort that we're right on a, a cutoff. Uh, points are going to you know swing this way or that way. There's going to be accidents. Uh, been in must-win situations for that and. It's not it's not reasonable to get to Daytona and, and say this is our one and only chance because it's um, we we've had a chance to win races all the way up to that cutoff. Um, you know the industry has every every team has had chances to win races everywhere, and and I feel like if you sometimes if you go try a points race you get to the point where you didn't accumulate enough and, and then you circle that as a must win and, and that's where, um, where where things can go wrong or mistakes can be made and. Um, and it just puts a whole lot of extra pressure on everybody for one race that's um, 
that's not really needed. I, I think if you uh, approach every race like that's that's the one you should have circled, then uh, it puts you in a better spot there. So um, it's going to get us to Daytona in, in a place where we knew we were going to have a, a pretty good points cushion as long as you know nothing went crazy over the next couple of weeks, as long as we were smart um, and uh, and didn't get wiped out. Uh, we have Michigan coming up, uh, should be pretty good. Two road courses, uh, which has been really strong for RK and myself. I, I have really enjoyed those and feel like we have a chance to, to win more races before the cutoff. Um, you know, so it, it lets us go into those and, and maybe be a little bit more aggressive or, or take a little bit more uh, chance on strategy. Um, but again, it, it helps you go into Daytona without that uh, that that cloud lingering over, knowing that that anything could happen this track. You could very easily be wiped out as well as. 15 other cars in one accident and not be any of y'all's doing it and can really shake up our uh, our playoff run so um we're out we're out of that conversation now we don't have to worry about all that so that's that's where it's um it, it's so nice from where i'm sitting is we get to go go race um the way we talk about racing all the time but we don't even have to have that little bit of thought in the back of our minds that we need to be uh, be thinking about points racing chris we'll go over to your right to adam and then to owen uh, Adam Chief, uh, Chris, you know, it's easy to point to the short tracks as a place where you guys have found some speed. You won Bristol last year. Brad was fast there. You guys are both fast today. Uh, and you hounded Harvick for the win last year at Richmond, too. But how does that speak to the evolution of RFK the last couple of years and how much you guys have improved? Yeah, so I would say that, um, you know, it's probably showed up in results, probably stronger short track racing. And, um, you know, obviously a, a few wins now and been in the hunt for several, but um, what I'm proud of for as RFK as, as a group is uh, we don't have to just talk about short track racing. Um, you know, we can talk about super speedway racing and know that we're going to be up front battling for wins, uh, leading laps. Uh, we can talk about road course racing and know that we've been very competitive at a lot of those and been battling for wins. Uh, we can talk about uh, some mile and a half and, and be in the conversation there as well. Uh, maybe not quite as strong as and not have the results, um, but we've had moments at a lot of different styles of racetracks. Uh, that's that's what I'm most proud of. Um, you know, it would be great if, if we just stepped up our short track program and, and we were competitive at these styles of racetracks, but that would put you in a place where we'd be leaving Richmond here tonight and, and saying we don't have another shot until uh, Bristol, maybe. Um, I don't know what the, the first one would be, but that's not where we're at. Uh, we have racetracks that uh that we're gonna be competitive at every week we do not have to circle racetracks as our our chance or this is where we're going to be really good and we're going to have to just get through this week we we haven't had that this season and um and really didn't have a whole lot of that last season as well now last season was was a building season and um and it took a lot of work to get there and um you know to see see results from all that work is is big for us so um you know, like like you said, the short tracks are where the results are showing up the most. But um, but what I'm proud of as, as an organization is we have stepped it up across the board every every single week. Richmond specifically, like you did so well here last year, hounded Harvick for the lead there for a while at the end. What is it about this place you win here this year? Man, I wish I knew. I I would have figured it out a whole whole many years ago because uh, I've spent more time simulating this place. I've uh, studied as much video as anywhere when it comes to this one and um I, I just sit here and watch smt and and try and figure out what i've done wrong here for so long and um 
I, I just don't feel like I've changed a whole lot about what I do. Um, I think we have better cars at RFK. We've had very good uh, strategy. We've had good pit crews. We've had uh, you know a lot of things come around. The uh, you know the next gen car obviously hit a, bi a big uh, reset in, in kind of the feel and style of racing, and so uh, some of that has uh, has clicked a little bit better for me at a racetrack like this. Uh, you know, part of you says maybe the shifting ha has changed it, but even today there was large parts of the race where we stopped shifting. So I, I don't know that that's necessarily it. It's um, I don't have the right answer for that one. And uh, because if I did, I would have would have changed something a really long time ago. Go to Owen and then back left. Hey Chris, Owen Johnson, CupScene.com. How helpful is this performance to get growth at RFK, especially on the sponsorship and financial side? Yeah, I mean, uh, we obviously had a, a large showing of uh, a Fastenal guest here and uh, our, our partners with Navistar here and, uh, and a massive uh, group from buildsubmarines.com here for, for the weekend. Um, you know, that is, that is huge for us to be able to have a, a showing like this with, uh, with everybody here um, and to just show that, uh, th that we can talk about the progression and, and we can sit down and, you know, tell everybody about uh, what we've done better, what we've invested in, what our tools look like now how our cars look better now, how they're built nicer, uh, and, and all that is true, but it, it has to show up on the racetrack on Sunday, and uh, and that's what days like today do. That proves that that we're not uh, we're not trying to fluff anything. That that we're we're legitimate in in what we've invested into this um, into this program and what everybody's working on to make sure that that we are competitive, um, that we are not not okay with, with running, you know, top 10. That's, that's a huge step in the right direction from, you know, a couple of years back, but uh, we, weren't, we weren't sitting stagnant. And so that's, um, it, it's special to have such a large presence here uh, from our, our partners and uh, to be able to, to make this happen today was, was definitely big. Go to Steven on your left over there, Chris. Hello, first of all, congratulations, Steven Sykes and Live and Global Media. Thank you. Two questions. Um, one, what was your track strategy regarding your tires and fuel with the, uh, today coming from practice? Because there was a lot of different drivers say they were a little bit tight and loose and everybody from the various broadcasts was saying to their team, we need to loosen up, loosen up, or they were spinning out in the back. Um, the second question is from coming from New Hampshire in the previous races, the one you finished like third, the other ones were like 10, 15, 13. What was the mindset in terms of getting to Richmond to change to get here? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, for uh, kind of to start at your second question, uh, we've uh, found a baseline that that's helped us, um, you know, kind of show up uh, every week with with something that's more tried and true, and, and kind of trying to tune around that and use our tools to improve on it. So. Uh, you know, we're we're not sitting still. Uh, you know, what we did today was not what we ran here in the fall and um, last year. And, and we know that our competition is not sitting still, and we can't either. So um, you're constantly working to to make improvements. And so, yes, we would go back to New Hampshire and look at some of the things we liked from there, and some of the things we didn't. We've looked at things from Phoenix at the beginning of the season. We've uh, we've had stuff that's come from road course racing that, that we've been able to apply. Um, you know, there's there's uh, a constant building process. Um, it, it's probably escalated with this car and, and the schedule that we have with our 20-minute our practice sessions. It goes so fast. Um, you know, we're fairly limited on, we're very limited on what we can actually adjust in that moment or in those 20 minutes. Um, so we have to rely on what we learned from the previous race to continue to get better. And, and so that's 
definitely something that that we're working on week in week out, and we're constantly looking back through notes from the from the last race that has anything applicable to to this style of racetrack. And so, uh, you know, when um, you look at that, it, and then you know, kind of talking about balance and, and practice, we were in the first group, which was great for practice because uh, we fired off on a green racetrack, put down some stupid fast laps, and uh, you know, we averaged out first on on long run speed and i'm sitting here thinking oh we're in a great place and then we went to qualify <laughs> and uh and then that, that group one uh the entire group one struggle and um and that kind of dejects you a little bit that that, that kind of kicks you right back down so um you know qualified was it 26 maybe it was it was deep in the field and knew we had a lot of work to do and um you know a lot of it was just understanding that richmond is one of the most sensitive uh, racetracks when it comes to rubber being laid down, to temperature, uh, to sunlight or, or cloud cover, or even some of the shade that comes over turns three and four later in, in some of our evening races. So um, it, it's a very tough track to, to get a grasp on uh, because it is changing so so quickly. But um, uh, what I will say is our team did a really good job at, at working ahead of ahead of the race to where we did not make large adjustments in the race today. That I was very happy with what we had. For uh, for a short run car, for a long run car, and, and that we were uh, very much working in uh, very small increments, so that um, you, know, you know two things that that it's good because we're not uh, not trying to take some some guesses and some big swings at it, but also uh, gives our pit crews less to do on pit road and lets them be the absolute best that they can be on pit road as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Any final questions for Chris? No, Chris. Congratulations. I think we have one more thing for you to do up here. Sounds good. Oh, the Brad Keselowski gong. Is that is that what we've heard about? <laughs> it's your turn now. It's my turn to get a bag of hearts. A bag of hearts? Yeah. What about the key? That's okay. I'll get Uber and everything. I got better? Yeah. All right, you ready? Congratulations back to Chris Busher, but uh, TV deals are starting to come out, and uh, this past week, Xfinity announced theirs, and before we leave today, we're going to listen to the press conference and them talking about where you can find Xfinity next year, and I think this is, this is going to be a good thing. All right, good morning everyone and thanks for joining us today to discuss this unprecedented partnership between NASCAR and the CW Network to air all NASCAR Xfinity Series races beginning in 2025. We are joined today by NASCAR Senior Vice President of Media and Productions, Brian Herps, as well as the President of the CW Network, Dennis Miller. Brian, can you walk through the process of how this great partnership for the future of the Xfinity Series materialized? 
Also, can you talk about the highlights of the partnership? Certainly one being that the entire Xfinity series will air on network for the first time ever. Yeah, I no, um, appreciate uh, the setup, James, and thank everybody for joining us on, on short notice. It's a, a big day for NASCAR, a big day for NextStar and the CW, and uh, we couldn't be more thrilled to kind of share the, the details with uh, with everyone. So from a process perspective, um, you know, we, we had, when we got to our open window where we could talk to non-incumbents, uh, we had a fair amount of interest from a number of parties. Um, CW and Nexstar presented a really compelling vision for what a NASCAR um, CW partnership could look like. I think the differentiating factor for us when we're thinking about the, the CW and Nexstar is you really get to work with, with two um, different companies within the context of, of one partnership. One is the CW, um, a free-to-air broadcast network available in 125 million homes. Um, and then you also get the benefit of, of working with Nextar, which is the largest TV station group uh, in the United States. So when you think about our uh, footprint in terms of the tracks that, that we run on um, weekend and, and Sorry, I'm getting a little feedback. If everyone can please mute, thank you. So, um, and then when you think about Nexstar as the TV station group, um, within our track footprint, 84% um, of our tracks also have a Nexstar station. So, free-to-air distribution um, that will only benefit uh, viewership for for the Xfinity series of, of upcoming kind of uh, drivers. And then the second piece is on-site activation, local marketing, local coverage, ticketing, contesting, um, the full kind of event experience and local experience we think will only be um, benefited by having Nexstar at, uh, as our partner. Thank you, Brian. Um, and Dennis, um, thanks for coming on here. Can you talk about what the partnership means for the CW and why it made sense for your programming strategy? Yes, sorry about the background noise because I'm the one at the airport. Uh, uh, obviously, a, a huge win for Nexter and the CW. You know, Brian's a hard act to follow, but um, I think he covered a lot of the important, you know, connective tissue between the two companies, two founder-based you know, uh, uh, based companies here that you know, established a chemistry early on. And our job is to you know, grow the CW network in terms of viewership and revenues. Uh, we knew, you know, since we had a lot of NASCAR events already on, CW, on, excuse me, on Nextstar stations, that live sports were the key to, to growing an audience, were valuable from the MVPDs and the virtual MVPDs perspective saw how loyal these fans were, you know, looked across the kind of rights uh, landscape and saw how Xfinity did versus NHL and UFC and Premier League and, you know, felt like this was the best package that could help drive, you know, the asset value of the CW and provide, you know, great local programming. And when combined with the, you know, inside the NFL and then the ACC and now the CW, you know, we wanted to establish you know, 48 out of 52 weeks having uh, sports programming for our affiliates. So um, we couldn't be more delighted, as as Brian said. And, you know, the fact that our stations lined up so well, advertisers were clamoring for, you know, for live sports here that have never been on the CW before. And, uh, you know, this is going to be, you know, a very significant part of, of kind of the growth trajectory for the CW. Thank you, Dennis. We'll now go to the media for questions. 
if you would please raise your hand within Zoom, and then we'll handle it on the back end. Once, once you're called on, if you just state your name and affiliation and ask your question, and we'll get on with it. Thank you. We'll start with John Lewis. Hello, uh, thanks for taking the time to do this today. Uh, unfortunately, I did have a bit of a technical issue, so I didn't hear uh, everything at the beginning, but uh, I did want to ask if you have not addressed this already, is this the beginning of a relationship that could expand beyond the Xfinity series? Is there the possibility of races in other series, the truck series, for example, going to the CW moving forward? Uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, the start of our relationship with the CW and XStar, which starts in, in 2025, and, and proud to announce alignment on, on the Xfinity um, series. Uh, we're still in active conversations around Cup and, and trucks, also with obviously our partners at Fox and, and NBC. Um, but what we've agreed to, which we're really excited about um, for today, is uh, in a partnership with, with CW and XStar that includes exclusivity around all Xfinity Series races and all um, practice and qualifying events for Xfinity as well, full season from February to November. All right, thanks. Thank you, John. Next, we'll go to Bob Pockers from Fox Sports. Yeah, uh, Brian, I'm not sure if this is under your purview, but can you uh, do you know is it how much as far as economics for Xfinity Series teams? How much of an impact will this have? Can you give any sort of uh, thought, any sort of estimate on increase to their funding, or do you see this more as uh, being ability to be on broadcast all the time as increasing their value? Yeah, luckily, I'm just a lowly TV guy, Bob. Um, so on the media rights side, this is just one step on the media rights um, process. Obviously, a lot uh, to work out on the Cup Series side um, as well. I know that, um, obviously, Steve Phelps and Steve O'Donnell, Ben Kennedy, Scott Prime, and, and others are having uh, ongoing conversations with the entire industry in terms of what the future of that um, revenue-sharing relationship um, looks like. But it would, I wouldn't be in a position to comment on that um, at this time. And for Dennis, uh, we often ask on these deals, uh, how how active will you be as far as like the identity of the series? There's a lot of chatter about could this the Xfinity series be NASCAR's electric series? Do you have any uh, just how active do you anticipate the CW being as far as you know the kind of I guess the identity and the product on the track? Sorry, I was on mute there. Um, you know, we are uh, obviously just getting underway with our relationship toward the new production facilities. I think the CW's history has been, you know, doing innovative programming and kind of culture-defining programming. And we've seen, you know, to date what uh, what NASCAR has been able to deliver at the highest level. But, you know, we certainly, you know, hope to build a, you know, a very strong relationship creatively uh, in terms of marketing, in terms of taking advantage of the, you know, the IP that they have, uh, take advantage of some of the great talent that is associated with NASCAR. So, you know, we're going to, 
uh, you know, spend as much time as we can with our new partners. This is our most significant, you know, investment to date. And so, you know, we just hope to be great partners and bring the best of what we know about broadcast television to NASCAR. And they're going to bring us their great, you know, IP. And uh, I think you'll see us just to continue to evolve to provide a great, you know, experience for, for consumers. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Next, we'll go to Jerry Jordan. This is Jerry Jordan with Kicking the Tires. Um, Dennis, uh, for you, Nextar and and Comcast Xfinity have had, you know, they they compete in a lot of different areas as well. How will this uh, affect the branding of the Nest, uh, the uh, Xfinity series, or or is that set going forth? Is, is that is that how how will that relationship work between two different companies like this? I should let Brian speak to the, that specific branding piece, so I'll let you uh, handle that, Brian. Yeah, of course. As Jerry mentions, obviously a, a, a good relationship between Nexstar and NBC and also Comcast and um, CW um, with respect to just their, their business partnerships. Um, uh, and with respect to the entitlement of the series itself and the Xfinity series sponsorship, which has been fantastic for us, and I think is working really well for Xfinity uh, as, as well. Um, that's those are subject to, to larger partnership and sponsorship discussions that our, our sponsorship team is, is just working through now. This relationship with the CW, CW uh, is obviously something that we're super excited about. Again, broadcast TV for all 33 Xfinity series races. Our broadcast numbers, when you look at Xfinity series broadcast ratings versus Xfinity series cable ratings, you're, you're always performing better on, on broadcast. So we think this elevates the profile of that series broadly, uh, but would probably be a little bit uh, premature to speculate on, on um, kind of renewal talks with Xfinity as an entitlement partner. Okay, and Brian, for you um, specifically, how, when you're going out for something like this, you said that y'all looked at a, y'all had interest from a lot of different people. How did those negotiations work when you're when you're coming up with something like this? Sure. Uh, so I, I think in the media environment that we're in today, where you have broadcast TV being as well distributed as it is, cable TV uh, still being uh, very well distributed, but declining a little bit in terms of overall subscriptions. And then obviously you have direct consumer and streaming that's rising alongside um, uh, the, the rest of kind of the, the media landscape is taking more kind of uh, minutes in terms of consumption is going over to digital and streaming. I think what we wanted to do is we wanted to balance the, the distribution with the financials of, of this this project um, for us and feel like we were able to find um, a really good fit with the, the CW, obviously. Again, all broadcast TV, free-to-air, um, available um, to, to all of our fans. Um, but we, we were lucky to have uh, – we've been continue to have conversations with both the incumbents and, and third parties. We just thought this was a great fit for our sport and our fan base um, and was too good to pass up at this time. Thank you, sir. Again, if anyone has questions, please raise your hand on the Zoom, and we'll call on you and answer them. We'll go to Deb. Hi, Deb Williams with Auto Week. Um, even though FS1 is uh, cable, you've had the truck series on there to where people always knew to go to FS1. Have you seen a growth there in the truck viewership, and is that the reason that you wanted to go with the Xfinity series on one sole 
network with the hope of um, people always knowing that's where they could go to watch the Xfinity races? You know, I do think anytime you can create a destination for an entire series, um, that probably helps in terms of um, conditioning our, our, our fans in terms of where to go, whether it's on Friday or Saturday or, or Sunday. Um, the truck series has grown in, in viewership. It's up about 15% over the last uh, four or five years on, on FS1, uh, which kind of flies in the face of, of most cable viewership, um, frankly. Um, but I, I think we wanted to develop a, a um, compelling proposition um, for the CW and Nexstar. I think they provided that in terms of their distribution footprint as well as kind of the station footprint. Um, and it just it happened to work out that a, a full season of February to November coverage on the Xfinity Series um, side, it, it worked well. And I think Dennis mentioned a little bit earlier as well, I think there's a, a good uh, culture fit uh, between the two companies uh, as well, between NASCAR, the France family, and uh, Nexstar CW also being a, a family-founded uh, company by, by Perry Sook. So I'm thrilled to get into to this partnership with uh, with them and excited to, to roll this out over the next year and a half. And if I may ask another question, I know the NASCAR Productions facility is the new one in Concord is scheduled to be open, I think, by the end of the year. How will that, I noticed in the press release it said that these telecasts will be done by NASCAR Productions. So how does this new facility make this possible? Uh, yeah, great question. So the rollout of the new facility will start to do um, testing, essentially side-by-side testing of live events in Q4 of 2023. It'll be fully operational in Q1 of, of 2024. It is a brand new building. It comes with brand new production technology, a heavy investment um, on behalf of uh, NASCAR and uh, the, the industry. Um, but we think it, it makes a lot of sense with that new technology to, to partner with the CW to, to roll that out in coordination with NASCAR Productions. Just so the group has an understanding kind of the scope of productions operation today, we produce, we NASCAR Productions, sorry, produce all the Xfinity standalone races um, for either Fox or NBC. We produce all the trucks in the back half for FS1 for producing that content. We're producing all of IMSA's races um, as well. All that comes out of NASCAR Productions. And with the new upgrade in production technology um, that we were having roll out um, in, in 2024, uh, we thought it made a, a lot of sense to make sure that new technology and a new partner that we're working together on that uh, production plan. Okay, thank you. Go to John for another one. Hi, yeah, this is John Lewis from Sports Media Box again. I just had a quick question about, uh, obviously, you know, the CW is a different kind of broadcast network. It's not your NBC, ABC, et cetera. It doesn't have the same kind of primetime viewership. Uh, does that kind of open you up to some more creative time slots? Maybe there are some Friday night Xfinity races. Those will stay on Friday nights, even though it's over-the-air broadcast TV. Uh, maybe some Sunday night, well, uh, after a Cup Series race, for example. Uh, I think we'd still target uh, Saturday afternoons probably a little bit more on Saturday nights um, from a, a scheduling perspective is what we're talking about with uh, with the CW. That's in early stages. Um, hopefully we're not running on Sunday nights after Cup. If not, if we're doing that's something that's um, Mother Nature has something to say um, about. So, um, yeah, the, the plan is Saturday afternoons and probably a little bit more on uh, Saturday evenings um, for uh, the CW. I think when you look at their recent investments in 
uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference football. You could be looking at a, a Saturday in the fall where you have Xfinity practice and qualifying sessions leading into Atlantic Coast Conference football, leading into an Xfinity uh, series race. So a, a really big block of, of sports programming, not to steal Dennis's thunder on, on the CW starting um, in, in 2025 and, and obviously earlier than that as well. All right. We're going you. to ask Brian to we're going to ask Brian to be our head of scheduling shortly because uh, <laughs> that was extremely uh, articulate and well laid out about what the weekends could look like at the CW. All right. Thank you. We're going to go back to Jerry. But after Jerry, um, please raise your hand if you have a question. After that, we'll have no more if there's no more hands raised. Thank you. Jerry? Hi, guys. Just just one more question for Dennis, and, and this is more to your demographic with uh, with the CW and the young drivers in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. When you say you were looking at other sports and things to bring on, how does that demographic work, and how, how does this help with the target audience for what NASCAR and you guys both want to do um, in growing the, the second-tier series in the sport? Well, I think uh, it's a good question. I think our, as you know, Oh, the history of the CW has been a, under different ownership, a kind of young adult audience, uh, you know, delivery platform here. Uh, the linear broadcast has been, you know, younger than the, the other uh, broadcast networks, but still in the, you know, older range here. The digital app uh, that we own, that will, and as you know, we're getting broadcast and digital rights here, has skewed dramatically younger here. So we've got this kind of dual platform capabilities here and you know we think between the the kind of history of the programming the cw has done and what the brand stands for that partnering it uh, an up and coming you know big five network with a sport that is you know at least with xfinity driving some of the younger racers you know up to the cup level here and establishing this just a nice kind of fit with how we're doing our brand management and you know where they want to go with xfinity so uh, it's again, as Brian had said earlier, it was a good cultural fit. Both brands hoping to do, you know, and build the same kind of audience awareness out there. And we have some flexibility between the linear broadcast and the digital app to take advantage of, you know, the breadth of our our audience out there. Thank you, sir. All right, we'll go to Jonathan now. Thank you very much. Uh, just a quick question, you know, we've heard a lot about, you know, the split between uh, teams and NASCAR and the tracks as far as the TV money. Do you have any uh, specifics on what that looks like for this team? It's it's not a part of this uh, conversation, um, frankly, so I, I can't comment on the rough share between NASCAR, the teams, and, and the tracks. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Um, unless we have any more, we're going to wrap it up right now. One last chance to raise your hand. Otherwise, we'll get this one moving. All right. Brian and Dennis, thank you so much for your time today. And to all of our media that joined, thank you very much and for your continued coverage of the sport. If you're going to Richmond, have a safe trip, and we look forward to seeing you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. 
a last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Ticket giveaway starts next week. Uh, we'll also be at Watkins Glen. Daytona Tom and I will be at Watkins Glen for full coverage. Uh, also, uh, we'll be right back to uh, Daytona and Darlington for the Labor Day deal. So uh, I got three weeks. It's going to be pretty busy here, folks. Uh so just hang in there and be part of the show, man. Come on back. Hit that like button, uh, subscribe, follow, and be part of the Rowdy Maglite game. We'll have a couple of guests on Thursday night, guys. We'll be back Thursday night at 6 Central. Moving on to Indy. spots in the playoffs and just one track left well not just any track we're basically gonna have to win daytona a last chance to keep playoff hopes alive one point to the good and for fans to experience an event unlike any other yeah! nascar weekend at daytona international speedway august 25th and 26th get your tickets now at daytona international speedway.com